uh, week two, this series we're in called Dateable. Now, uh, here's why we're doing this series. And some of you go, we do this series all the time, Brad. Every year we do this series. And that's partly true. We didn't do this series last year. We did nothing on dating, sexuality, purity, that kind of stuff. We didn't do one last year. But here's the thing. At some point, every one of you in here, I guarantee, will have feelings toward another person that you would maybe like to date, that you'd like to get to know, or at least uh, at some point, uh, most of you, I would say 99% of you, will go on a date with somebody. may not be this year, maybe five years from now, maybe 10 years from now, but at some point, you will go on a date with somebody, and so it's, it's good for us to talk about this. We know, I know that, uh, like when I think of those of you that have boyfriends, girlfriends in here right now, I can maybe think of like three or four couples. There's not many of you. But that's not why we're talking about this. This is not toward those of you who like are in dating relationships right now. This is for all of you because at some point, I think statistics would say probably at least 90% of you will get married. But you all at some point will likely go on a date. You'll certainly have a crush on somebody. And so we want you to have great relationships. So that's why we feel like this is worth talking about. So last week, Tyler launched this series, talked about how we tend to cover up the inner truth. We tend to cover up, we sort of tend to put on this front, we put on a mask, and um, we even secretly, we really don't like, many of you would say, I don't really like this topic, I don't like talking about this. Um, but he talked about inwardly, we uh, sort of deal with this topic on a much, much deeper level than we show outwardly. So even last week, if you missed it, we are, he talked some last week about lust, about um, lust takes the form, more so for us guys, not exclusively, takes the form of, of sexual thoughts, deals with pornography a lot of times, or lust, you know, goes that direction. Um, for girls, more so, but not exclusively, lust sort of for you involves romantic fantasies, right? Or you have a crush, but it's sort of more than that, and you really like to daydream about this guy that you like. Um, and that's not like even categories. Um, those can cross over. But anyway, that was sort of last week, and so tonight we're going to focus more on dating, and then uh, to let you know where we're going, the next two weeks, both weeks, we are doing panel discussion of leaders in sort of different formats. I think both weeks we will have you guys write questions down and at least answer some of those. There will be certain things that we would like to talk about, but so hope to get super, super practical the next two weeks, super helpful as much as we can. And hear me say this too, I hope, you know, this could be, you know, some of you are maybe like, I'm not ready to date, I don't care about the opposite gender. You're like, I don't like talking about this. I hope this stuff is mildly helpful. We don't do this series because we're just supposed to do it in youth ministry or like we need to do it every once in a while. We talk about this because ideally it's helpful to you. And even if there's any series that you're like, not helpful, like I don't really care about this at all, tell your leader that because I would love to know what's helpful and what's not. And granted, there's plenty of you that are maybe like, we talk about Jesus too much or something, and you need that even if you don't want to hear some of these things. Anyway, but hopefully this stuff is helpful for you. Now, if I wanted to start with a question, and I said, who do you want to date right now? Who do you want to date right now? Think about that. Some of you would immediately think of a name. You just would. You'd go, man, that girl or that guy. Wow. Wow. Plenty of you in here would say, as I just commented, you'd say, no one, Brad, I, I'm really not interested in the opposite gender right now. I don't really care. I don't even like talking about this. I don't want a boyfriend. I don't want a girlfriend. No one. Nobody comes to mind. So that's a percentage of you in here. Uh, if I asked another question, though, 
What if I asked this question? What if I asked, who do you want to want to date you? Who do you want to want to date you? Maybe you're like, I'm not interested. I don't want to date anybody. But does a name come to mind for that one? Maybe somebody that, you know, you're not ready for a relationship. But if, if so-and-so, if he liked you, that would be awesome. Like, if you heard that, if a friend told you that, that would be awesome. There was this very pretty girl in my high school. I was a new kid, Pretty Prairie, Kansas. There was a hundred of us in the school, and Callie Colton apparently thought, because I was a new guy, literally, there's nothing going on good in Brad Zook's world, but she was like, he's the new guy, he's like fresh, you know, you never get a new kid in a town of 600 people. Fresh meat, I don't know what you call it, fresh meat. And I was like, what, Callie Colton? No way. Maybe that name comes to mind. And so even if you're not interested in dating, you think of someone there. But here's the thing, regardless of that, who it is, I bet there's a type of person who you will want to date someday, probably. There's a type, there's, there's you know, some list or category out there, we'll get into that in a little bit, because maybe you like the idea of being in a relationship. You like the idea of marriage, even though you have zero prospects right now, and you, you seriously, you're like, you're not kidding, you don't want to be in a dating relationship right now, I get that. But the idea is great. We all want to be dateable. That's what I'm getting at. We all want to be dateable. Maybe secretly we go, I don't feel like I am, or not by the world standards. And that's something we want to talk about in this. But all of us, we want to know that we're desirable to some other person. We want them to find us attractive and interesting, right, and smart and funny or strong or inspiring. On and on and on, the list can go. We would love to think about who's roaming the hall of our school thinking about me, right? Is anyone in my school thinking about me? And I know a lot of you that are homeschooled, so I'm sorry, you're like, I don't know. I don't know where to go there. But I'd venture even to say this. I would venture even to say this. Everyone is dateable to someone. But that's not all we care about. It doesn't mean, I mean, you might not know exactly who that person is, but I bet out there somewhere. Everyone's dateable to someone, right? But here's the deal. Being dateable to someone isn't as important as being dateable to the right someone. Yes, I may be dateable to someone you say, but you're like, I don't want that guy. I don't want that girl to like me. We want to be dateable to the right person, right? The person that's right for us. And so here's the real question. How do we become dateable to the right people? How do we learn to become people who have the best chance and the best opportunities to find and date the right person for you? And so that's not an impossible task, but it starts by asking yourself a very, very simple question. In fact, this question is so simple that you've probably never thought to ask it before, maybe, and it's this, why do you want to date? Why? Why do you want to date? You go, Brad, I really don't want to date. Okay, but someday you will. Why do you want, or someday, why will you want a boyfriend or a girlfriend? And I know that's very, very simplistic, but it's an important question to ask, because why do you want to? Do you think it'll be fun? Do you think it'll make you feel good about yourself? It'll make you feel better about your self-worth, your self-esteem? Do you want to date someone because that's what you're supposed to do in high school? And when prom season comes around, especially, it's just hard or life, I mean, that just sucks because nobody's thinking about me and nobody wants, wants to be with me. Is that why you want to date? Because you're lonely and you want to not be lonely anymore? Is it because your parents keep making jokes about it and even that is maybe hurtful? And so whether you come up with an answer to this question or not, it's worth thinking about. Why do you want to date? Because here's the reality. Why you date will determine how you date. The reason you date will determine 
how you date. And so for some of you, if you go off to college and you go, man, it's, this is my time now. I'm entering the dating field. If you're doing it for the wrong reasons, that will change everything about your actions and behavior. And so please, please, please ask yourself this question. Whenever, whenever it is that you decide you want to start dating, why do I want to date? And then come up with a really good answer, okay? Hopefully the answer is, is this a good reason? Whatever the answer to that is, is this a good reason? And if you're a Christian, ask yourself, is this a godly reason that I should date? Now, I'm going to sort of leave that for a second, but back to finding the right person. Um, Everyone has a list. Do they not? You go, I don't have a list. No, everyone has, even if you say you don't have a list, you have a list. It's your your list of likes or dislikes, which you think you might like in a girl, girlfriend or a boyfriend or a future spouse someday. Again, for some of you, that is an actual list, probably a girl that's written that out, and that's a good thing. I mean, I'm not bashing that. That's a very good thing. Maybe some of you guys have done that. For others of us, it's a mental list, or it's even something subconsciously. You've never given guys maybe any like real thought to this, but if somebody like just forced you down, or held a gun to your chest, God forbid, and said, like, who do you want to date? You would immediately go, uh, blonde, who's a Christian, and they like, I don't know, they like sports. Um, there would be a type a person. But so what's on your list? Does the person that you want to date, are they smart? Are they funny? Do they need to play football? Does she need to be a cheater? Does, does, do they need to be a Christian? Do they need to be musical? Uh, maybe it's certain features. Maybe you're like, it has to be a blonde or a brunette, or this person needs to have long hair or short hair. But most of us have spent some amount of time thinking about this. Maybe your list is, is not really very long at all. In fact, maybe it's just this, attractive. Like, sit. I don't really know what else, as long as you're attractive. And so hopefully you start to think there's more than just, are you attracted to that person? But even if you're not, you know, hoping to get married anytime soon, and none of you are, you know that you wouldn't mind finding someone to spend some time with right now. Maybe the idea of that sounds good to you, the right kind of person to hang out with. But so here's, here's the problem with this. Uh, finding someone isn't easy. Again, most of you spend your whole day around hundreds of other high school students. None of them are married. A small percentage of them are dating anyone, and yet it can feel impossible to find the right someone for you to hang out with, right? For you to date. Because maybe you like her, but she doesn't like you. Or he likes you, but you're just not that into him. Or you do like each other, but he used to date your best friend, and so he, you can't date him, right? Because he just you got to take him off the list. And so even when you do find the right person, it sometimes, it sometimes doesn't take long before you're like, I thought I was into you and I'm not. You sometimes realize this in high school. I hung out with you for two weeks and suddenly he's gross to you or you're like, she sort of smells weird or uh, whatever the case. But maybe it's that. Maybe you get into a relationship and you're like, this is the first time for me. I've never had a boyfriend or girlfriend and this is not what I thought it would be. Finding someone dateable isn't always easy. With that in mind, um, I want to talk about something that you maybe have never thought about before. Again, this is pretty simple, but um, this can make or break your dating experience. And I want to start by a story that I heard. This is a true story. Um, I heard this. I don't know this person, but here's the deal. This is about a girl, and uh, she grew up in church and went off to college, graduated, and then she moved to Denver, and she jumped right into sort of the dating scene in Denver, you know, much bigger city than uh, us here in Omaha. And uh, again, I realize most of you are like, you're not, you're in high school, I get, so this is, you know, this is like on for her. Um, but anyway, she sort of engaged in the dating scene. 
And uh, this girl, after college, she, started, she sort, of started to drift from God. She didn't completely, like, ditch her faith, but she sort of started to drift from God. And uh, one night, she meets this guy at a party. And the way I heard it was, she talked to this guy, she just realized he was, like, perfect. He was the kind of guy that she always dreamed of marrying. Um, he was a Christian, but not only that, just the way he talked was very apparent to her that he took his faith seriously, that he lived it out, uh, he, um, he spoke well of other people, he didn't swear at this party, and even for her, it brought back a lot of these good memories of her past, of like high school and her faith, and uh, memories that she hadn't thought about in a while. And so it was amazing, right? And so she had left this party and was like, that guy was awesome. And so a few days later, she's hanging out with her mom, and she starts talking about this guy she had met. And uh, she's telling her mom, she's saying, Mom, he's super good looking, he's funny, he's smart, he's holding down a job. She said he volunteers at his church, like, with kids. Um, yeah, again, he, he speaks highly of others, or he wasn't, like, overly critical and sarcastic like most guys are. And, um, and he talked like a Christian should talk. And so she's telling her mom all this stuff. And in that moment, this is why her mom turns to her and said, Sweetheart, this is hard to say. He goes, all that stuff, if this guy's really like the way you described him, and he has all these characteristics and attributes, she goes, do you really think that he would want to date you? Well, like, whoa, mom's in here. Don't ever say that to your daughter. Like, ouch, right? She goes, do you really think that he would want to date a girl like you? Um, but here's the thing. In that moment, um, like, she, she was actually like, it was like a wake-up call for her. And she was like, mom, I think you're right. And uh, it, was, it was hard for her to hear, but... Um, she uh, changed everything. And so in that moment, she realized that by searching for the right person and only searching for the right person, just some of us, it's like this quest. And we idolize this quest for this ideal guy. And again, for some of you guys or gals, that's just starting for you. But you carry that into college or you go to a certain college strictly because you think you're going to find a spouse there. Um, but she'd been searching for the right guy all the time and she'd missed out on something really important. She had missed out on becoming the right kind of person. Because here's, here's, the, here's the point I'm trying to make. Becoming someone is greater than finding someone. Becoming someone is really greater than finding someone. And I hope someday all of you find someone, but it starts by becoming someone. Now, that story is a bit extreme. It really was like a true story the way I heard, but um, I hope that's never your story. But here's what I'm saying. I hope that you start now working on becoming the kind of person that the person you're looking for is looking for. Are you that kind of person? So think back for a moment about your list. Think back to, like, what's on your list? Is the guy or the girl that you want to date, um, is he or she kind? Is he or she honest? I think all I'm saying is maybe you should really, really try to show kindness to the people in your life, that you should really, really try to cultivate honesty to the relationships that you have. You have all kinds of relationships. All those, all those things, a good reputation, a good character, all those things that you want in a person, do you have those? Because I think that's the, that's the place we should start. Becoming someone is greater than finding someone. So if you want to be dateable, here's the question that you have to answer. Are you focused on finding someone or on becoming someone? And here's how this, this can apply to every single one of us in the room. Now, as Tyler said last week, the Bible doesn't offer specific advice on uh, who we should date, on finding the right person, on what we should do with them on a date. But the Bible does tell us a lot about becoming the right kind of person. 
And uh, I know you guys, without a doubt, God cares about the kind of person that you are, the kind of person that you're becoming. But it doesn't happen accidentally, and again, it's not terribly easy. But so I want to go to a specific passage tonight. In fact, if you have a Bible or if you look at the Bible on your phone, pull out your phone, open the Bible app. I want you to turn to the book of 1 Corinthians, and uh, I'm going to read to you a specific list out of the Bible. I want you to think of this list as your goals for becoming the kind of person that you would like to or should become, not just the kind of person you'd like to date. And so the Apostle Paul wrote this letter to the church in Corinth, uh, 1 Corinthians 13, I'm sorry, chapter 13, starting at verse 1. And this church in Corinth was apparently located very close to the temple of Aphrodite. Any of you ever heard of Aphrodite? She was the goddess of what? Of love and fertility, yeah. And so there, this church is close to the temple of Aphrodite. Um, everything I've researched on this topic indicates that uh, we couldn't maybe even talk about some of the crazy stuff that happened at the temple of Aphrodite. There's like temple prostitutes and all kinds of crazy sexual stuff going on there. But because of that, there was probably some confusion among the, the Christians at Corinth about what, what is love actually and what should love be about. And um, certainly in the next couple of weeks, I hope we make clear what sort of the Christian sex ethic, if you will, is, and I think most of you probably know that, but, um, but there was maybe probably some confusion about this. And so this is this classic, classic love chapter. Um, it falls right between two other chapters sort of on leadership, and um, it's, Paul just puts it as a, at an odd place in this letter. Nonetheless, it's an amazing, amazing passage. You've maybe heard this at a wedding before. I'm going to read this real quick. So Paul writes this, if I speak in the tongues of men or of angels but do not have love, I'm only a, re a resounding gong or a clinging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor, all I possess to the poor, and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. But so this is what love is, verse 4. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres, because love never fails. So this list not only clarifies what love should look like, but again, I think it's a great list I just said for us to become the kind of people that we would love to become. So I'm going to walk through these and make some comments. So first of all, love is patient. Well, what does that mean in a dating relationship? This means that love never pressures the other person. Never pressures the other person. It creates as much time and space as the other person needs. And so if you're in a relationship, if you're ever in a relationship and you're being pushed, you're being pushed to do something that you don't want to do, you, uh, you're not being loved, but you should maybe get out of that relationship. Um, our culture... I've heard lately tell, tends to tell us that no means yes with a girl or with a guy. That no, just maybe that's just being cute or sort of foreplay or something, but no really means yes. But as a Christian, like, we just got to know. No means no. And so, guys, you need to hear that if a girl says no. Girls, if you say no, no means no. Love takes time to develop. And so if you're interested in becoming dateable, um, work on being patient and don't wait. It's the opposite of everything in our culture today. Number two, love is kind. So this means love is considerate. You take into consideration how the other person feels, what they want to do, their interests, 
And so if you're, if you're in a relationship and the other person never considers your feelings, watch out. It's maybe not a guy or a girl you want to be with. And so again, don't wait until you find a perfect person and then start working on kindness. Kindness is so easy. It seems like, like oh, you just got to be nice. Like, that's the, like, I mean, I feel like that's just sort of like the dead giveaway. But kindness, like, some people are jerks. Some people are rude. Some of you even, you go home and you're maybe just like mean to your parents all the time and you're snotty and you're rude or whatever. Like, work on being kind. And let me say this too. Kindness, this doesn't mean you never say hard things to a boyfriend or girlfriend some way or you never confront them. You can confront people in kindness, and you can say it kindly. And in fact, that's probably the way confrontation works best. If you don't raise your voice and you don't get all like power, you know, power up over them. So consider that. Thirdly, love does not envy. You know what envy is? Envy is basically when you think, I don't feel good about me, and so you can't feel good about you. Because I don't feel good about me, I don't really want you to feel good about where you're at either. And so people who are envious a lot of times lack confidence. Um, again, that's hard because that's, it's typical a lot of times in high school. Some of us, it's really hard to have confidence. But um, honestly, when someone's envious, they compare themselves too much to others. A lot of times they're not very fun to be around. And uh, you want to be with someone who can fully celebrate others, even when it has nothing to do with them. Um, love does not boast. It's not proud. That sort of flows into the previous one. It simply means that in every situation, you're not prone to brag about yourself. You don't only talk about yourself. You put other people's needs before your own. Um, it means love is humble, even if it costs you something, even if it makes you look bad. You guys, humility is a, such a virtue. It's lacking in days. So many of us feel like we have to, like, like I need to look better than other guys. Um, it's rare, though, for you to, like, go, you know what? Some guy, like, tries to pick a fight with me someday just to walk away, um, there's this, you know, picture of, like, godly manliness or Christian manliness that just is different than what our culture says. Again, you can be, anyway, I won't go there. Um, love does not dishonor others. So when you're dating someone, you go out of your way to avoid creating regret for somebody else. Again, that no means no. You, you draw boundaries. You stick to those boundaries with physical stuff. Um, you don't want to ever be part of someone's regret story. So unless you're, like, I really might marry this person someday. Maybe there's certain things that you just need to like draw a line in the sand and say we're never going to go there. Um, love does not behave indecently. It doesn't, um, doesn't behave dishonorably toward anyone else. Our world sort of says a lot of times that women are a commodity. You know what a commodity is? It's something that's sort of traded and it's like goods and services and you just pass them around and uh, treats, tends to treat women like they're, like they're just not human. Pornography does that. It just gives us such a skewed view of who a woman really is and what, I mean, it's, and I, anyway, um, we'll talk more about that hopefully in the next couple of weeks too. Um, we really got to honor the men and the women in our life and especially the men or the women that we're dating. It's not self-seeking. Um, so, all right, this is a long, and there's plenty of other things I can get to. Um, but you go, okay, I get it. So all these things I need to work on. But take some time to be, like, start focusing on the person that you're becoming. Um, and here's the thing. You start focusing on a list like this from Scripture, it'll do two things for you. First of all, it really will make you more dateable now. Because think about the guy or girl in your school who's just nice to everybody. They're maybe not the most popular, but they are nice to everybody. They say hi to everybody in the hallway. Maybe it's a guy or a girl who even looks out for his younger siblings 
who intentionally like sort of like, you know, takes care of them or makes sure they're not being picked on. Um, aren't people like that just naturally more attractive anyway? They're not the hot head. They don't think they're all that. They don't think like, you know, because they're popular, they're like Mr. Cool Guy. Aren't they more dateable anyway? So if you start working on this stuff, it'll make you more dateable now. But secondly, it'll make you more dateable later. Generally, the person, um, the person that you're dating in high school, most of the time, they're not the person you're going to marry. And that doesn't mean like you absolutely, I mean, I don't know what standards you set up with your parents and when you should date. Dating isn't bad most of the time. It's not permanent. Um, I love for people, I just love it when you just wait till high school's over and you get to be a sophomore, junior in college and you go, I think I'm ready to date. Because in two or three years, I think I'm ready to get married. And uh, so I don't have to, like, have this regret story with three or four other women or guys. Before Again, I'm not saying dating's totally wrong, but um, think about that. So the habits you develop now will go with you as you leave high school. And so start now and practice treating others well, like we just talked about in this list, now. And it will mold you into the kind of person that you're going to become. So now remember this, finally, to sort of wrap it up. Does any of this come naturally? No. Like this list, are, we are selfish. We have a sin nature. We have sin within us. We are pre-programmed to be selfish. We are pre-programmed to sort of go, forget becoming who I want to be. Like, I'm trying to find this like smoking hot dude, right? Or this hot girl or whatever. We just, we're pre-programmed to be selfish. And they go, I'm just trying to find somebody. But while that comes naturally, it doesn't typically help us become more dateable. And a lot of times it can, really can turn into a lot of regret, a lot of heartbreak. You guys, sometimes, some of you know this, you've been through hard uh, breakups. It just produces like painful memories in your life. But the great news is right now you're surrounded by opportunities to practice this all over the place. You're surrounded by friends and family. You're, you're in a great position to become a certain kind of person. And so even if you're not dating anyone right now, or maybe especially if you're not dating someone right now, but either way, work on not just who are you, you know, who are you looking for, but what kind of person are you becoming? Now, if this seems next to impossible for you, I always, um, where do you get the power to do this? You know, so far you go, what's Christian about this? Sort of nothing. But here's sort of, you know, you go, Brad, where do I start, to start with this? You have to see. I just think this, is, this puts us as Christians in a totally different place, at a totally different perspective. Jesus Christ, when he's on the cross, he looks down at us, right? And we're denying him, we're betraying him, we're abandoning him. And in the greatest act in the history of the world, he stays on the cross when he didn't have to, when he just could have gone, you know what, God, I'm not up for this, and he just took himself down. And the greatest act of love in the history of the world stayed there because the wages of sin is death. And so you and I get eternal life because Jesus took all this for us, and he didn't he didn't stay up there because we were lovable. He stayed on the cross to make us lovable, to make us, to give us a whole new identity, to give us a whole new heart so that we could be forgiven. And so, uh, you know, like my wife can look at me and I can look at her and someday you will have a boyfriend or a girlfriend and you can look at them and you will hurt. Relationships are never perfect. You'll fight, you'll go through something, but you know what? You'll look at him or she'll look at you and maybe she'll even say, you hurt me. But she'll say, I can forgive you because Jesus forgave me when we were his enemies. And my sin put him on the cross, and he forgave me. And so for the Christian, we have this radically new identity. We have this radically different way that we can go through fights. And even we can, I don't know, we can put up with stuff, and we can go, you know what, I'm not going to divorce you. 
You know what? For me, divorce is not even an option because I'm just not going to go there because I'm committed to you for life. And I want to get married. Why? Because I want to make this legal. I don't just want to live with you. I want to make this legal and binding, and I want to have a wedding, and I want to do a marriage. But so as Christians, we're totally different. So as you head to groups tonight, I want you to know that you can do this. You can do that. I hope you start doing this. And so say, God, from this moment on, I'm not just going to think about my list. I'm not just going to think about the person I'm, I'm trying to find, but I want to become someone different. I want to become someone who reflects what your word says matters most. And so um, here's the deal. As you get to small groups tonight, there's a little activity I want you to do, all of you small group leaders. There's these little half sheets that are tucked into your binders. Um, I think there's just eight of them. So uh, if your group has more than eight people, maybe like talk to, I don't know, my group or a guy. Actually, I've got a decent-sized group. Anyway, we'll try to make sure that everyone gets one. But leaders, I'd love for you to do that first. And um, students, so take a pen with you to group tonight. There's buckets right here, right here, and bring them back into the hub before you leave. But, or you can steal our pens. I don't care. Um, but do that first when you get to small groups. It's a great exercise just for you to take home and consider. Let me pray, and we'll be gone. Father, um, God, I know a, a topic like this hits us, just lands for each one of us in a lot of different places. God, there are couples here tonight that are dating that have awesome relationships. God, would you, um, would you lead them? Would you guide them? Would your Holy Spirit guide them? That's awesome. God, I pray that you'd help them um, to live a life that's honoring to you, that they would honor each other, that they would be patient and kind and all the stuff that this love chapter tells us. God, um, help them to stay pure in sort of the Christian way. Like, God, help them to um, just have a great, thriving relationship. And God, for so many of us, God, help us to become the kind of person that the person we're looking for is looking for. And um, God, your word guides us in so many ways about what kind of person you want us to be. And Lord, remind us of our changed heart. God, we will never be good boyfriends or girlfriends or husbands or wives if we don't learn the kind of love that you showed to us and the kind of forgiveness that you showed to us on the cross. So we thank you for that. God, we need that tonight. We need your grace, and uh, we need it every day. God, um, yeah, help us have a great time in small groups tonight. We love you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.